Welcome to the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. I'm Elise Enriquez, your breakthrough coach. I am known for meeting people where they are and delivering practical insights so they can be more productive. Most people hear the word productivity and they think it's all about getting things done. What actually moves us forward in life and business is getting things known, getting things prioritized, and illuminating the next steps so you can achieve the goals that matter most to you. Being truly productive means being just as okay with what's not getting done as you are with what is getting done. If you are ready to create productivity breakthroughs in your life and business, then you are in the right place. I am so glad you're here. Now, let's create some breakthroughs. my dears. For my avid listeners who are listening to this episode the week that it goes live, you may have just celebrated Thanksgiving. And sometimes being around our close family and friends can bring up some tough issues, we'll just say, possibly even some resentments. And this could be your chance to make Christmas even easier by recognizing those resentments and seeing if maybe, just maybe, you're ready to do some forgiving. This is exactly why I asked Brenda Reese to join me on the podcast this week. Brenda is a two-time author, speaker, podcast host, and sought-after forgiveness coach who guides her cherished clients from being stuck in shame, resentment, and self-sabotage to feeling freer, more expanded, and ready to share themselves and their passions with the world. And that is what we need is everybody out there in the world sharing the best of themselves, right? Well, when she is not providing compassionate guidance to help her clients create more abundance, clarity of purpose, and freedom in their lives, you can find her hiking, playing with the grandkids, snuggling with fur babies, or reading a book or two to expand her mind, soul, and business. So without further ado, here's our conversation. Brenda, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, thank you. I was so excited to be here too. Yay! You know, it's funny. I can't think of how long we've known each other, but we've known each other for quite some time. But I actually don't know your journey, your story that brought you to the work that you do. Do you mind giving us a little bit of background on all of that? Absolutely. So how I got into, so I was, it was 30 years in corporate, Mm -hmm. 30 plus years in corporate. And it was actually my third marriage, or I should say third divorce, right? So I was in corporate going through the stuff and then hit this issue in my marriage and it just devastated me. That marriage was, he was very controlling. I was codependent and everything relied on him for my happiness. Now at work, I was a different person. At home, not so much. I can totally relate. All relationships. I can totally relate. Thank you. And, you know, and then what happened was there was an incident that happened where he was always trying to make money and always trying to take the easy way. And while I'm working my tail off. (laughs) And so what happened was I ended up with the FBI knocking at my door. Oh, no. Because, yeah, because I had signed my paper, some papers in codependency, right? Luckily, I didn't ask what it was about, but it turned out to be illegal. So once when I was going through the process of separation, trying to fight for the marriage, he was fighting for this real estate Mm. that, you know, he had done over here. And so I had to make a decision, which about killed me, Mm -hmm. right, as a codependent. And so once the divorce happened, uh, the FBI came knocking at the door and said, you know, we know it's him, but your name is on the paper. So you're looking at seven to 10 years. Oh my gosh. Prison. <clears throat> so it was a really, a reason I share this is because it was a wake up call for mm-hmm. me. 
you know, is yeah, like, if the, I was if the trying FBI knocking on your door is not a wake up call, then I don't know what is right. <laughs> Although for some people, it might not be right. But for some I'm people, it might not be. Well, it definitely was because all of a sudden, this is before the forgiveness work, right? Mm-hmm. This is what got me into it was the fact that I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I'm the common denominator here. Mm-hmm. This keeps happening to me. One way, betrayal. And there were, I started to see, uh oh, there's kind of a pattern mm-hmm. here. And then that's when I went, okay, good. So it was a three-year experience with them being interrogated. And it's just like on TV. It was, you know, where in public or to them, I had to share, you know, they're going, you look like you're a very professional, you know, articulate, very put together woman. What are you telling me you're codependent? This is not right. Right. And I had to own it. Mm -hmm. The universe gave me a really big two by four. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I had to own it. Right. And then I got to have a choice and go, am I going to do something with it or not now? So that's what I did. And I started to work on myself and I started to understand the behaviors and patterns and codependency for me. Mm -hmm. And then it was so funny because as he was signing the papers to release me from, you know, the grip of the FBI and, and he got sentenced, it was interesting because, you know, that's when I found the forgiveness work. And in the forgiveness work, it was so funny because he's the one that actually helped me. I'll put it this way. He helped me pay for the money to take the forgiveness coaching. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, my ex did. And I think that's so funny. <laughs> it's it's just, you know, it was just like he helped me yeah, pay for yeah. it because I couldn't afford I couldn't afford the training at that time. But I, it was so calling yeah. when I found it. I didn't know I needed forgiveness. But yeah, so he, he's the one that actually helped pay for it. And through the process of forgiveness, we're friends today. Mm-hmm. You know, going from devastation where I wanted to kill myself. I tried to run. I almost ran into a semi truck, mm-hmm. but something pulled the steering wheel away. Yeah. It wasn't my time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was that devastating. Yeah. Codependency can take us so down, right? And so, yeah. And so to go from that to being friends is a huge testament to the forgiveness work. Wow. That is amazing. And, and I, I have to imagine that people come into forgiveness work with you or even into this episode with their own ideas about what forgiveness is and what it's supposed to look like, whether it's from their upbringing or just, you know, society, pop culture, like all, just like you said, like, it's just like it is on TV, right? Like there's, we see forgiveness on TV all the time. So I'm a big, like anybody who's listened, they know that I'm big on words and definitions and like making sure we're all on the same page. So get us on the same page actually about forgiveness because, you know, when you're talking about you two being friends now, like I imagine that's a journey, but what is forgiveness? What isn't forgiveness? How do you actually define it? Well, the one thing that I like people to understand, and and when I work with somebody, it's about defining forgiveness for you Mm -hmm. versus the programming, the training that you've had in the past. Okay. But there is a basic understanding of what forgiveness is. And, you know, forgiveness is not about changing the past. Okay. Mm -hmm. We all, we all hear that, but it's not about changing the past. It is about shifting our perception around what happened. Mm -hmm. Right. So that, that we can be present today, right here and create the future we desire. Mm -hmm. What I call it's like untying the knot. I use that phrase when I was doing the research on forgiveness, right? Because I was like, I have to forgive him. I have to forgive him so I can move forward. I knew that piece and I didn't realize what that entailed. Like, how do I do that? (laughs) Yeah, but I saw a definition when I was doing this research where it said it's about untying the knot. And I thought, that's beautiful. Because Elise, how many times had you feel like, okay, somebody wrongs you? Where do you feel it? 
usually in the Mm -hmm. gut. It cramps down, right? We get that knot or we feel our shoulders like cramp up. It's a knot. And I thought, that's that's right. It's visceral, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, forgiveness is what I like to help people because they can grasp that versus all the other definitions that are, are out there or the religious one or the family one. You have to, right? So forgiveness is about untying the knot. And forgiveness is not about condoning the behavior mm-hmm. of the other person. It's not about excusing or saying that something wrong didn't happen because it did. And what I also like to share is we were victimized, but we don't have to stay a victim. Mm-hmm. That's really important for people to feel that. And the biggest thing about forgiveness is that you don't have to forgive. Forgiveness is a choice. And if you look at the Webster Dictionary, Mm -hmm. it talks about that, Mm -hmm. that it's a decision. And a lot of people will say, Brenda, that's BS because they're hurt, right? But when we can take that hurt, when we can have it witnessed and validated, right? The story, that's what we do. And then we allow ourselves to feel the feelings, which we don't teach. We don't get taught. We do not. Everybody suck it up. We, before, we even, Go to your room. before we even hit record, y'all, we were like, feel the effing feelings. <laughs> we're just like, oh, how hard it is because we are not taught to do that. Even when our parents and our and the people who raise us and around us have the best intentions, it, it doesn't always land well for how we are wired even, right? So like they can be doing their best and we it's still not right for our own individual wiring to feel our actual feelings. Well, it is. And once we can do that, when we can understand that, and then what I call connect the dots, Mm -hmm. right? So wait a minute, where does this go back to? Mm -hmm. Right? Because then we can regain some control over that experience, right? Then it's not happening to me. Mm -hmm. It helps to soften that. Because when we are giving somebody our power like that, when we are so angry at somebody else or resentful, we're the ones suffering, mm-hmm. as we have heard. But I want people to think about, just think about being angry with somebody, because we all have that. We've all been frustrated or angry. One, where do you feel it? And two, are you even able to be present? As I say, you, you've come to that a couple of times now. Like You've mentioned presence a couple of times, as well as yeah. it happened to you, but it's not happening to you anymore. I mean, how do you help people kind of break out? of? It's almost like re-victimizing themselves. It through, is. That's a good way to through the, by by not forgiving sometimes. It is. Well, you're living the trauma over and over and over again mm-hmm. because that's what we do. So when we when we're hurt, it's in that same loop. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, how do we break that cycle? So with the forgiveness work, it's like what I share with people is you share the story for the last time in the same way. Now, we've got to be willing to do that, right? There's a willingness that has to happen because we do get to feel our feelings Mm -hmm. and feel the grief and the sadness. And we have to because if we jump to forgiveness like we're taught, a lot of us were taught, I was, growing up, religiously, it's like, you know, turn the other cheek. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, no. Yeah, this still hurts. I am still, yeah. Exactly. And so it's not in the midst of the pain. It's after that. It's like as you soften it because it does happen. When we're willing to go, let me feel this. And this is different. Let me feel it and not jump in. I want to say this, not jump into distraction from the pain mm-hmm. too, because people jump into dating or they jump into other relationships or other distractions, meaning addictions. Yeah. Eating, shopping, drugs, alcohol, whatever it might be. Right. 
Right. We do. And you don't even have to have an addictive, but we just do it. Mm-hmm. Human nature is we do that because we're not taught to feel that. Mm-hmm. The numbing, and so basically. We, right. The numbing. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when we actually allow ourselves, it doesn't take as long as we think it does. But as we allow ourselves to do that, there's, there's a point. It's like this choice point, as I call it. There's a choice point that starts to happen to go, okay, maybe I'm ready to let this go. You know, and it's in that point that you're ready for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it's in that point where you can go, okay. So then when people reach out or when they work with me, it's along the lines of let's tell me the story, but for the last time, because there's so much power, you know, this at least in story, mm-hmm. there's so much power in it. And when you tell me what it is, I identify patterns and behaviors because that's, that's my little superpower. And so that right we can here with then... you is my favorite thing. <laughs> it's, it's weird, no. right? You're like, Oh, all the, it's just like, it's almost like I always joke around that it's like minority report. I don't know if you ever saw that movie with Tom Cruise and yeah. like he can, it's like a screen in front of him and he's pulling all these pieces together. Right. I feel like that sometimes how my brain is like, Oh, 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 okay. There's all the dots. Let's start connecting. So you're doing that through their story as they are telling that story in that way for the last time. Yeah. And that's what I encourage them because I'm planting that seed for them. Right. And I love, I have to say, thank you so much for sharing that. Cause when I share that with people, they go, what? So it's really nice to, you know, to talk to somebody. You're not yeah. alone. You're not alone. <laughs> I love it. I love, we can geek out on that. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, and then the hard part is helping them feel the feelings, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to move through it really. You, you get to do that. If we stuff them, it is going to, I mean, neuroscience is showing it, right? That the stuffed energy is causing dis-ease in our mm-hmm. bodies. And I know that to be true because that happened to me. Mm-hmm. And so, and it shows up later. Now, it's not our fault. I want to say that clearly. It's not our fault. We did not know how to handle these things. We weren't taught. We had no, some, now there's a few people I've run into that have had a good example of being able to do that, but the majority and, of us. And not. thank goodness, right? Thank goodness. But yeah, the majority of us, there's no. so much emotional processing and psychological processing that we just are not taught how to do. It, although it does seem, I, I have hope because watching my nieces and some of the content I know they're learning in school about just being able to identify their feelings and express them oh. gives me hope. It gives me hope for sure that this is at least being taught in schools to some extent. So hopefully, um, wouldn't it be nice if, if you and I didn't have to, <laughs> if our jobs didn't have to exist, right? <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I share with people. It's like, I want to help you have the tools to move forward. Yeah. Right. And that's the other part of it because we read like, there's so much about forgiveness out there. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it is, people are saying it's not a process. It's a decision. Yes true, but there's also a process for us to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I encourage when I talk to people, there's people that contact me and it's like, honey, you're not ready to forgive mm-hmm. yet. You're still in how it. It's you, not time how after. How can you tell? Because I was going to ask you that is like, do people come to you already decided or is it that they think they decided or that they should be forgiving? Like do the majority of people come to you actually ready for this work or, or yeah. So tell me more about when people come to you and what that looks yeah. like. So it's interesting because the majority of the people that come up to this year have been ready. Mm -hmm. This year it's been interesting because the people that have reached out 
are in the midst of their pain. Mm. They're looking for relief. The good thing is, is they, they know it's in forgiveness because they're researching forgiveness. Yet it's not timing. Mm -hmm. Because when you're in the midst of the pain, you need the love and the care and the compassion. And there's also things that you can start doing. You know, you can journal people that are in the pain, journal, talk to a therapist or a coach mm -hmm. or a good friend, you know, that can hold the space and grieve, mm -hmm. you know, it's a, if it's family, if it's friends, it just allow that space. And we don't know how much time that is, mm -hmm. but having mm -hmm. someone there to hold the space for you is really important, you know, because what I share with people, when you, when you start to feel certain things, then you know, you're ready to forgive, right? So when they come to me, it's like, they're now instead of <laughs> like in a breakup, we'll do a breakup. Instead of that guy needs to die. <laughs> Or girl right. needs to die, or person needs yeah. to die. Right? Or just disappear to and go away. And, yeah. I know. I, I, you know, I go vengeful. <laughs> you know, when I went through mine. It's like it would just be easier if you weren't there. You know, uh -huh. and um, that happens a lot. I hear that a lot yeah. with my clients. That it's when you can kind of get from there to the sadness. Mm. So out of the, you know, the vengeful, the resentment that you did this to me into. The softening. Well, I call it a softening. Yeah, because the, the anger sadness. is a little bit more. I mean, while it might be appropriate to whatever happened. Oh, it's definitely it's that, right, it's exactly. that shell that they're going to stay in. But once they can soften and they actually feel the hurt or the pain or the abandonment or whatever, yeah. whatever it was. Okay. Yeah. And even if it's not steady, right? If it comes and goes, come because then we can work with. Yeah. That, if there's a glimpse, right? right? There's a, a chink in the armor. <laughs> yes, we can do something with that because. You know, and also the thing is, is like when they know they want to move forward, I don't want to be alone. I want to date again. Mm. I want to be happy. I don't want this because the other part of this feeling is heavy. You and I know this. It's heavy because the, what the majority of my clients say, I feel lighter across the board, mm -hmm. no matter who, what it's like, Oh my God, I feel lighter. Yeah. And so it's like this heavy thing mm -hmm. we, we carry. And so it's like when they start to go, okay, I know I need to or want to move forward. Mm -hmm. That's also another sign that they're ready because then you're willing to do what it takes. Yeah. The, the draw of moving forward feels stronger than like holding on to wherever it is yes. they've been. Okay. Yeah. And like I say, it doesn't have to be like, you're not totally there. It's an in and out, in and out, you know, kind of thing. But if there's light, if there's the chink <laughs> in the armor... And, you know, then we can work with that. Yeah. And, you know, and then some people also get to a point where it's also the third thing that I shared, too, is about you're ready to set a boundary. Mm. Say more about now, sometimes that. Yeah. It looks, yeah. So sometimes because boundaries are something that another thing we're not taught, Elise, <laughs> <laughs> and, and especially with families, there usually aren't boundaries. Yeah. I have um, I was estranged from my dad before he died. I'm estranged from my brother because of boundaries that I put in place and um, they were very necessary and it was very hard to do. And it's interesting how some family members said this, but even more so some friends were like, but it's your dad, but it's oh, your yes. dad. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, this was really yeah. unhealthy behavior. All I did was set a boundary and he chose not to participate in my life with yeah. that boundary in place. Right. And so it is. It's, I always joke around that it's like the mafia. It's like, 
you know, it's like a blood is thicker than water. Like once you're in, you're always in kind of mentality in some families. It's like, that doesn't have to be true. You can have boundaries and boundaries don't mean that somebody's kept out for good, but it might depending on how that per- the the health of that person the other person. Oh, absolutely. And this is something that I I really emphasize in like my group coaching. We talk about a whole session about boundaries because mm-hmm. a lot of women like me, it's like I didn't know where I stopped and somebody started. Mm-hmm. I would I didn't I lost my voice. I wouldn't stand up and you know, and there's so many of us out there that do that, mm-hmm. men and women. Yep. Um and totally yet, that was totally me. And I I think we can, I can slip back into it sometimes too. Uh, Real quick. Do you know what your Enneagram type is? Yeah, I'm a one. Okay. I'm a nine. So it's like, I can imagine, I can imagine the the nine wing for you and a one wing for me, but yeah, like, so for me, I'm the harmonizer, right? So I'm going to, and I'm, I'm a one-on-one type nine. So a sexual nine, which means I merge, I can tend to merge with people. And so I merged with my ex. His dreams were my dreams. And so the codependence that was like just yes. rife for codependency, that combination and his, he had a very strong, he's an eight. So he had a very strong energy. Right. And I, so I could just like yeah. meld right into it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any dreams. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything. I went to work, I paid the bills and I, that's mm-hmm. it. He, you know, it's like, what do you say? He, you know, filled, fulfilled me. It's like, no, that's BS. He did not. Yeah. And as I learned, I mean, I didn't have boundaries. I didn't know how to take responsibility for myself. I I wasn't shown that. And I got to learn that later in life. And so having, when we're ready to cut, so, you know, boundaries can also start out with, this will never happen again. I will never let this person do this. I went, right? So that's the one end right. of the, you know, of the spectrum, the pendulum swing. That's how I started. I will not tolerate, uh, you know, and so, man, when I started dating, it was sad. <laughs> it's like, it was very strong boundaries. It was like, I will contact you this day and this day. We will not be yeah, in contact every like, single day. Okay, Brenda. Was, uh-huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> we will not have sex for at least 90 days and we will. Do- <laughs> it was like, oh, now I hear, now like, I hear oh, the one. Geez. Now I hear the Enneagram type one if we're being stereotypical. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was control. I mean, I and and I needed that yeah. to go this way. So the boundaries can start out very strict. Mm-hmm. And then I learned, oh, okay, people aren't liking that so much. And I don't like it so much. Right. It's like the pendulum swing that can happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we learn how we learn, mm-hmm. you know, and then it was like, okay, wait a second here. All right. What's really important to me on a boundary? Really, what areas, okay, have I felt taken advantage of or allowed myself to be taken yeah. advantage of? So if I take responsibility. And so then it's like, okay, now what are my like, you know, things that I can move on and what are my like, no way. So I started to do that and, and it became, oh, wait, okay, I can soften. <laughs> I can, <laughs> and I can. However, in this, like this area, I really, so my, in my codependency, I jump into the, right? I'd mer- like you were talking about jump in. All right. We're here. And, and it had to be intense and fun. And then all of a sudden it wasn't mm-hmm. because the real people show up. Right. Yep. And then you're left empty and feeling alone in a relationship and not heard and, you know, unfulfilled, which I think might be the worst and- feeling in the world is feeling alone in a relationship. It's one thing to feel alone because you're alone. I think it's a really different 
maybe it's not worse or anything, but it's a very different experience to feel alone when you are in a marriage, a committed relationship, or even, I mean, even if that's with your, your, your parent or siblings too, right. To just feel alone in a family is a really different kind of aloneness. It is a deep aloneness. Mm -hmm. That's what it felt for me. It was like deep because when I was alone, I had a choice. I could go do so I could contact people and I and I could have done that in the relationship, but it didn't feel the mm-hmm. same way because this was my person mm-hmm. supposed to be my person yeah. <laughs> and we're supposed to interact in this way, but I wasn't seen or heard. And that is another one of our huge feelings or actually it's a kind of a need, yeah, a fundamental a need. need. Yes. Fundamental yes. need to be seen and heard. And I didn't know. And I kept trying and trying and trying. Instead of setting the boundary, which I admire with people, and I admired it then, to set the boundary, said, okay, you're not, I'm out. Mm-hmm. You're not hearing me listening. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was afraid to leave. Yeah. Because who, who, who would love me then? Mm-hmm. Right? The codependency was so thick. So learning the boundaries and setting new ones can start off pretty strict. That's okay. Start where you need to start. But really learn what is important, what makes my heart happy. Okay, we learn from the past. We don't want to live there. Yeah. And in relationships, we can do that. Wait, we can, can we, go, I'm never going to let Can we say that me. again? Like, that was so good. We learn from the past. We don't want to live there. We don't have to stay there. Oh, no, we don't want to live there. I love that. Hey there, a quick interruption from me, Elise. I really wanted to get Brenda on the podcast during the holiday season, and I am so glad her schedule allowed for that because as much as we want the holidays to be fun, joyful, and memorable, they can also be really challenging. So Brenda is here for you for that heavy lifting around forgiveness. And I'm here to alleviate some of the more immediate needs around the holidays with some simple systems to preserve your sanity and amp up your joy. These practical tools help you with the big three stressors around the holidays, overwhelm, finances, and more demands on your time. So head on over to eliseenriquez.com forward slash holidays to get everything you need to reduce your holiday stress and increase your joy. Okay, let's get back into my amazing conversation with Brenda. I think I I always um, have said that like, I'm not good at remembering. I don't really have memories and stuff like that. And I think it probably was a defense mechanism of not wanting to live there, but that also meant not learning, right? And so it was just a little balance to strike between learning, but not hanging out there and living there and reliving all of these things all the time. Well, yes, because the important, the thing about like resentments or holding this, I'm going to bounce a little bit, is the fact that we give away two precious commodities, right? Our energy Mm -hmm. is huge. Because when we give away our energy, it's, we have nothing for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we give away those two precious commodities, which is our energy and our time. Mm -hmm. I mean, our our energy and our power. Mm -hmm. It's our power. Going back to what we said a little bit ago, holding a resentment is like a big boulder. Yeah, it's so heavy. That sits between you and Mm -hmm. me. It sits between me and life. Because people don't realize if I'm resenting my ex or my father or my mother or my siblings, If I'm resenting them in in an act of resentment, then part of my energy is going over there. If I only have like a hundred units of energy a day, Mm -hmm. right? Like we talk like a bank account. Mm -hmm. If I only have a hundred a day and I'm putting resentment to the past, right? I'm holding this because I'm not letting anybody in. 
here, but I'm also having an active resentment. That's 70% of my energy. Mm -hmm. That leaves me 30% to sit right here today and create and acknowledge and take care of myself Mm -hmm. and do that. And like be here and live my life here right Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's why I talk about forgiveness is about recognizing the past, learning from it, not staying there so that we can be present and create today and our future. It's it's really and, interesting to hear it this way. A lot of times I, I was talking with a interviewing a cash flow coach the other day and talking about, you know, we all that he and I are so aligned and like we're helping people manage their resources, right? He's, yeah. he's, he's helping them manage money. I'm helping manage time and energy, but you are too. Like you are seeing mm-hmm. where so much there's this big energy drain that is happening and holding this resentment. And people can get yeah. a lot back, right? When they when they can let that go, when they can forgive, when they're ready to forgive. When they're ready to forgive. And because in that, again, and we add in the choice piece. So when we understand the cost and the benefit, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, in productivity or in uh, money, mm-hmm. we understand the cost and the benefit. Sometimes that's helpful for people. You know, what is this resentment costing me? It's a good exercise and what I encourage people to do. What is it costing me in my time, my energy, my money, my work, my relation? What is it costing me? You know, but then what is the benefit of forgiving? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the benefit of forgiving is better relationships. It's also better health, right? Because we're not breaking ourselves down. I mean, I, you know, the anger will do that. Anger rips us up from the inside mm-hmm. out. It's like a hot coal in our belly, right? That's that's what it does. I like visuals. And so it's like a resentment and anger is like a hot coal. And that just grows. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, I don't want that. Yeah. And I learned the hard way. I ended up with a back fusion, a neck fusion, and a brain tumor. All within three years. You're like, no, no, we got to right. get rid of this. <laughs> We do. Yeah. And that's when I started going, oh, and it's that's it was coming out as I was starting the forgiveness work going, you know, if people would do this earlier, we may not have so many issues, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With ourselves, because we are learning to manage our energy and our power in a different way. I love that. Yeah. I'm imagining somebody listening, going, okay, but if I forgive somebody, do I still have to be in relationship with them? Because you're talking about how forgiveness is improving relationships. I'm hearing it as forgiving whoever improves all of your relationships, right? Like you can have one person you're forgiving, but that's going to improve all of your relationships. Like you said, if there was a breakup and you're ready to get out there and start dating, if you can process the forgiveness before you start dating, then you're more likely to have a healthier relationship moving forward. Or, you know, for some people who are dealing with really maybe very unhealthy people like a narcissist or a sociopath who has harmed them in some way. And they're hearing that, you know, you're friends with your, your ex who brought the FBI to your door. Like, but they're just like, I don't know if I want to be in relationship. What does that mean? Cause now we're bringing in together like resentment, forgiveness, boundaries, like where, where do you see that for people or or what have you seen for people? So the, one of the important parts about forgiveness, what forgiveness is, is it's not Mm -hmm. about reconciliation. Now, If you want reconciliation, forgiveness is a definite Mm -hmm. needed precursor Mm -hmm. to it, right? But it's not mandatory because we can forgive someone without reconciling with them, without being in relationship. 
And that's important for people to know because that's one of the myths about forgiveness is that, you know, we have to have them in our life, especially I'll go to family. Like what we were talking about before, it was like, okay, if I have a mother or a father or a sibling or uncle, whoever it is, we'll use parents because they come up a lot. What I look at is, okay, if it's a toxic relationship, narcissist, whatever that is, right, is like, we do not have to be family or not in relationship with them. And like what Mm -hmm. you did, you set a boundary. When we can get to the point of learning that I'm important enough, I'm lovable enough, I don't need your approval, because that's what forgiveness does too. It takes away the power that we're giving that person. It brings them back to us. I don't need your approval. And and then I can set a boundary. I don't have to go there. And there's been quite a few of my clients that Mm -hmm. do not see a certain parent or sibling because of that. Like you were saying, because it was their choice. When you set the boundary, even they though it was hard, out. yeah, I'm not saying this yeah. is easy. They opted out, or yeah. my client opted out, and they're getting backlash from the family. But they're like, my peace of mind mm-hmm. is more important than this toxic yeah. family dynamic. It, and I have to imagine that that's helpful because what if you know you could have somebody that dies, and if you haven't gone through a forgiveness process yet. If reconciliation was required, then you would never get there. And so I do you encounter that a lot with clients that have somebody who's passed and they're working on forgiveness. Yeah, it's funny. I was working. It's been about three or four clients mm-hmm. over the last year and a half mm-hmm. where the mother has died and was interesting because I did a forgiveness process with my mother mm-hmm. after she died. And so I was able to yeah. have firsthand experience with that. And yeah. it's very healing to be able to do that. And so, yeah, in the case of death, it's like reconciliation is not, we can make up stories about why, but it's really, at least what I encourage people to do is Mm -hmm. what's under that story. What are you trying to get? Because usually it's an inner child. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's an aspect of us that wants that attention, that wants that approval that, and we won't get it. We won't get it. So this is a part where I help people in the reparenting of themselves, right? Because that's a huge part of all of our work. Oh, I love that phrasing, reparenting of themselves. Yes. I was just listening to another expert talk about this with uh, anxiety. And so I'm glad you brought up this like younger self because he was talking about, you know, if you imagine your anxiety, that's little you, that's little you coming to you saying, I'm scared. I'm nervous. I need help. Like something's triggered and you wouldn't turn to a five-year-old or at least most people wouldn't turn to a five-year-old and be knock it off, shut up, blah, blah, blah. You'd be like, oh baby, what's wrong? And you would pull them up in your arms and you would figure it out. Right. And so it's the same sound like, and he said, you're, you're not going to get it. You need to stop looking for this from everybody else and learn how to give it to yourself. So I guess I'm a question that's been formulating for the past couple of minutes, I think is, excuse me, how much is your work about forgiving other people? And how much of your work is about helping them either forgive themselves or, you know, work on themselves? So forgiveness, all forgiveness is actually self forgiveness. Okay, so a lot of people disagree at first Mm -hmm. with that statement, because Mm -hmm. I have been hurt, you know, and when we feel betrayed, or we feel hurt, I mean, there's pain, there's scar there. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's real. So it's all, all forgiveness is self-forgiveness in the sense that two things. One is I help people start outside of ourselves, right? So 
we I get to look at that mother, father, we're doing this together. The story is about someone else mm-hmm. a lot of the time. There's quite a few people that know that it's about them. It's like, I, I need to forgive myself because I know I have shame and guilt, you know, so there's that. But then the other piece of it is, let's start with somebody outside of you. And then we pull it in. Because what we do is, and this goes into the mirror, mm-hmm. the reflection of every relationship. So my in my work, I share with people relationships. It's not like Hollywood. <laughs> it's not like it's all unicorns and butterflies. And, you know, relationships mm-hmm. are for healing and growth. If we look at it that way, then it changes our perception around. Yeah, it's a whole different world when you look at it that way. It's a whole different world. Relationships are for healing and, and growth. And growth. Yes. And that people come into my life so that I can see a reflection mm-hmm. of me. So these things are a reflection of what I have denied, repressed, or rejected mm-hmm. about myself. And so if I do this, and this is a, this is a concept that, you know, it takes a little bit to get for, for people in the sense that, you know, if I look at like my ex as a reflection for me, then what was happening was he was very outwardly angry, like the world, at the world, at people, all of that. Okay. I was being the good girl. Yes. I was trying to keep the peace. I would make sure, you know, as I was trying to, <laughs> yeah, you get this. But after the divorce, right? When I moved into this little rundown apartment and, you know, and I was fixing a desk and I hit my thumb mm-hmm. with a hammer, I went into a blind, mm-hmm. raging anger. I mean, it felt like mm-hmm. it came out of nowhere. And I kind of came to a few I minutes totally later, do. you get this. And like, I, what, what was that? I did not realize he was reflecting yeah. for me. He had his right. own stuff. So, right. He had his own, he had his own reasons for anger, but he was reflecting for me what yeah. I was holding inside. And when we can start, and this is one of the exercises I have people do, when you can start taking the things that you don't like about somebody, write them down, and then gently, compassionately, and lovingly look at that and go, where am Mm -hmm. I doing that to myself? So in that sense, it is about self-forgiveness. And I think this is, oh, sorry, go ahead. And no, no, you go ahead. Well, I I just was going to say, I think that this is why your work is so important because it could be hard to do that with self-compassion right? It can be hard to do this work and remember to be kind to yourself. And that part of your job, in in addition to just helping people understand this process and guide them through it, but is to guide them through it, reminding them to take care of themselves through it and to be self-compassionate, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, because we are our worst critics. We are the hardest on ourselves. And that's kind of shown to us right in society and the families like women are taught you know you don't mm-hmm. you get to take care of everybody else you got it like we we're talking yeah. you get to do it all you know and we learn that to prove ourselves we learn these patterns and beliefs mm-hmm. uh, way back and persistently and <laughs> not just way back but persistently we are Very. hammered over the head with it Persistent. yeah well yes and those patterns stay with us until we're willing to recognize it mm-hmm. and then take action on it you know, because there is a pattern that I discovered, which got me into the forgiveness work when I was working with a, that forgiveness coach. And what it was, was she recognized that I had a pattern of five in my life. And and I went, five? What do you mean? She goes, because she asked me, you know, how many times were you married for how long and your jobs and how long? And she asked me these questions. 
Well, my first marriage was five years. My second was five and a half. My third was 10. You know, my first job was 10 years. My second job that I was in was 20. And she goes, what happened to you when you were five years old? And I went, well, my dad left. My dad left Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. That's what I said, right? Because that's what you think. My dad left me for another family with a daughter Yeah, and had a daughter just like me. We were best friends. And he would pay attention to her. And when I would go to visit, he didn't Mm -hmm. pay attention to me, just like he never had. So from that point, what I realized when I did a timeline in my in my life, Mm -hmm. doing a timeline on my relationships, I found that every single relationship that the person that I cared about Mm -hmm. chose another woman over me in every single relationship. Isn't that amazing what our subconscious can do? We're like, oh, I'm just going to attract this over and over until I learn this fucking lesson <laughs> until I, like you said, it's a mirror, it's, right? Like until exactly. I learn this lesson, that's what it's these relationships are for yep. is to teach me. And until I learn it. So, um, this is a totally out of the, out of kind of left field question. Then just based on that is, you know, we can have our relationships teaching us all sorts of things. So then when we're in healthy relationships, is that just, is that teaching yeah. us to love ourselves then? Is that teaching us to, to like soak that up Absolutely. and take it all in? Yes, because what happened was, as I was working on my things, because it's also, it's it's for the negative, and I call, you know, it's for negative and positive parts of ourselves. It's not just reflection of that. Because when I started dating my current husband, as I had gone through three years of just really diving into myself and really looking at my behaviors and patterns, and I started dating him, he asked me a question. He said, do you feel worthy of being loved? And I went, uh, well, well, yeah. Yeah, because I'm supposed to say yeah, because I'm supposed to say yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a healthy person. I'll say yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then he said, okay, because I adore you. I didn't have to earn it. I didn't have to do it Mm -hmm. like I had. Right. I didn't have to prove myself. And I'm going to tell you, it took probably a year and a half in the relationship to accept that for me to feel what, what he did was help me see the value in myself. He helped me, you know, to, it's like going from Walmart right. shopping to Nordstrom right. shopping. Oh, right? right. He changed my budget. <laughs> he changed my budget. I love it. I'm, I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm like, oh, I have my Nordstrom girl now because that's how I feel about my wife. It's just like, <laughs> it is like, oh, and mm-hmm. it is, it is a worthiness thing. It is a thing that has been it stirred is. up in, within me recently where I'm realizing how unworthy I have felt. And sometimes I'm still feeling. And so it's like, I'm processing that right now. And to have somebody who just loves me, is just like, how does this work? You know, it's just, and we've been married for two years. We've been together for almost seven, but it's just like, still, it's like, does this work? Like, okay, all right. I'll figure this out now. This is, this is a different learning and it's hard still, Um, even when it's, even when it's this, even when it's this good, it, it can still be really hard hard learning to do. Well, it is because I think we have a lifelong lesson. Oh yeah. I I don't think we ever like master things. I mean, I I think we're here for mastery, but not right. That's why we mastered. (laughs) Right. Right. Not mastered. Because if you know, I mean, most people, it comes down to, I'm not good enough. I'm not level, which is worthiness. Mm -hmm. So it's about helping us to connect back to our hearts and know we have value. And there's layers to it. Like you were just talking about that. You said it beautifully. And it's layers of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people will tell you, oh, no, you can just feel worthy and you're done. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, as if it's just a flip, you're just going to switch this or you know, flip this switch and yeah. you're, you're good now. It's never, you're good. Well, <laughs> yes. And when I say, it's like when I say forgiveness is a choice, it's not a flip of a switch. Right. It is having your story witnessed and validated, mm-hmm. right? To look at it differently. It's allowing yourself to feel the feelings and in this process. And then it's about also looking at your story differently, starting to shift the perception, you know, shift the perception, not just have it be like, okay, I need to forgive. I'm going to jump to forgiveness now, mm-hmm. right? It is about, hmm. Let me take apart my story and see where I made some things up. Yeah. Where the fact is, because it's in the suffering, right? It's in my interpretation of the suffering. So my interpretation from my father was, right. I'm not good enough. I have to work hard to get love. I'm not lovable. Yeah. Cause your little kid brain does not make your parent wrong. Right. It makes you wrong. No, your parent can't be wrong. They're your safe person. They're the like thing you belong to. They can't be wrong. Right. So you have to be wrong. You have to make right. you wrong. Yeah. Right. And I just like want to like hug little Brenda, right? You know, just like, oh, sweet little baby, you know, right? Know. Exactly. And that's what I want mm. people to do. I want them to hug their sweet little selves because yeah. we are sweet. Yeah. We are lovable. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we are. And we've learned coping skills. We've learned defense mechanisms. We've learned these things to live this life. Yeah. And so, you know, when it's, when I say it's a choice, it's not the flip of a switch. But it is a little bit of a process yeah. to where we can get to that point of making that choice. Oh, okay. So I wrote down like 40 other questions. Okay. It wasn't 40, but like, as we were talking, I wrote down so <laughs> many more other questions. And so that just means you have to come back on. <laughs> love it. Because there just was so much to uncover and so much to unpack. And I love your gentleness around this while still like holding that mirror for people while still holding them in that space, because they said this is what they wanted to do. But I can hear your gentleness and your approach and your care for it and your passion for it because of your own lived experience, right? You have this, you have a wealth of knowledge and experience that you can't get from a book. But then you also have the training paired with that, right? I just think it's, I think it's lovely. Yeah, I think it's lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much. So one quick question. Well, two quick questions. One is, what are you moving forward right now and your life work, big or small? Like what is something where you're really focusing your resources, time, energy, effort, whatever it might be, money on right now? What are you moving forward that matters most for you right now? So what matters most is getting this information out to more people. Yeah. And so I'm doing that through the podcast. I just launched it um, on 11-11. So exciting. What a good date. It's What a good date. 11-11. I like that kind of stuff. That's fun. 11-11-22. Isn't, isn't That's that so great? perfect. 11-11-22. Huge numbers. And it's called Forgive Yourself. Oh. And yeah. And that based that on a book. Mm-hmm. I wrote a book a few years ago just on how to forgive ourselves, others, and live a forgiving life. And I just took that and went, okay, I really want to help more people. So I'm putting it into that and then group programs because the group, you know, the synergy around a group. It's amazing. Is just fantastic. So that's what I'm looking at for next year. I love how much we can learn from each other in a group setting. Group coaching is one of my favorite things to do. Like, I, I tried it at the very beginning of my coaching career and I couldn't quite get it to to gel, right? And now yeah. I, I've like I've cracked the code and it's so much fun to watch people learn from each other. And I learn I learn from my clients too, right? We're all learning from each other. Oh, I love I, that. I love that. So where should people find you? Where's the best place for people to come get more of Brenda? Because I know they're gonna want more. 
<laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, my website okay. would be a good place to go. Brenda Reese, R-E-I-S-S coaching.com. And that's where they can learn about all sorts of things. And then they can follow me on social media. Uh, Brenda Reese Coaching for Instagram or Brenda Reese Dash Coach on Facebook. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You are such a joy. I just, I just love this time with you. Thank you. I am so grateful for this time with Brenda. I love her love for all of us and her desire to share her message about forgiveness with the world. And what I did is I asked Brenda if she had a question of the week for you. And here's what she sent. In what area of your life are you feeling stuck? And she had a great follow-up question. Could there be resentment or unforgiveness hiding there? So if you do find resentment and forgiveness, (laughs) unforgiveness, excuse me, unforgiveness hiding there, you can check in and see if you are ready to forgive. Brenda shared some signs during our conversation that you might be ready, that you might want to look out for. One is softening. If you are ready to move on from the anger and let yourself feel some of the other feelings that are going on from whatever happened to you, then you might be softening. And as she said, this doesn't need to be a consistent softening. This could be that you soften every once in a while, but that is a sign that you might be ready to move forward with forgiveness. The second is that you just want to move forward with your life. If it was a breakup, maybe you're ready to start dating, right? But in some way, you're ready to move forward with your life and you know that your unforgiveness is getting in the way. And so you really want to work on on that forgiveness in order to move forward. And another sign that she mentioned was just a readiness to set boundaries with whoever it was that hurt you. So softening, wanting to move forward and ready to set boundaries. If you're feeling any of those, it might be time to work on some forgiveness. And if you're not sure if you're ready to forgive, then check out Brenda's podcast, Forgiving You, wherever you get your podcast. She hits on all the basics around forgiveness with great storytelling and helpful tips. You can also head on over to brendareese.com for some free resources like her forgiveness list exercise and her forgiveness archetype quiz. Before I sign off, tell me who needs to know about this podcast please be sure to share it with at least one friend this week. I'd really appreciate you helping me get my mission to help people move forward what matters most to them out into the world. Okay, that is all for this week. I'll be back with you again next week. Until then, keep moving forward what matters most. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. Did you have a breakthrough today? Write to me and let me know. You can reach me, revisit anything we covered today, or uncover free resources over at EliseEnriquez.com. And if you know of other leaders in life and business who would appreciate a little help with their productivity breakthroughs, I'd love it if you'd share this podcast with them. And finally, remember to hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.